I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Pediapod for May 2018. This month, we'll meet an early career investigator, Livio Provenzi, to discuss his work on the preterm behavioral epigenetics project. Livio Provenzi is based at the Scientific Institute IRCCS Eugenio Media in Italy, where he's involved in the preterm behavioural epigenetics project, a longitudinal research project in very preterm infants, looking at the long and short term epigenetic and behavioural effects of painful and invasive procedures during the NICU stay. In a recent paediatric research paper, Livio and his colleagues sought to provide normative neurobehavioural data for healthy infants over the first month of life using the Neonatal Intensive Care Unit Network Neurobehavioural Scale, or ENDS. New available normative data for one-month ENDS examination will serve as a robust comparison for both clinicians and researchers. Acquiring normative comparisons for at-risk populations, for example preterm infants, is key for behavioural studies and for research on early epigenetic biomarkers of developmental risk. Here's Livio. I earned my master's degree in uh, developmental psychology in 2008, and then I took my PhD in psychology in 2016. My main interest is in the intersection between psychological research on infant development, integrating the study of early biomarkers of life exposures, including both adversities and protective care, for example, preterm infants. Tell me about the preterm behavioural epigenetics project that you're working on. This project is focused on the biological mechanisms through which environmental exposures, such as painful exposures or physical stress exposures during the hospitalisation in the neonatal intensive care unit, which biological mechanisms are responsible for the effects of these early exposures on the developmental trajectory of preterm infants. So the focus of the project is on the uh, assessment of changes in the DNA methylation of specific genes which are related to such emotional development, behavioral regulation, and we look at how early exposures during the NICU stay affect the DNA epigenetic regulation and how these changes in the epigenetic profile are associated with further outcomes during development, including social emotional regulation, temperament, neurobehavior, and other domains. 
So I suppose to really understand the effects of these environmental exposures, it's multifactorial. It's not just looking at the epigenetics. You also need to look at different aspects like neurobehaviour, and that's actually what you've released a a recent paediatric research paper about. Yeah, exactly, because we know that preterm infants they have specific difficulties during the first year of life, including socio-emotional dysregulation and neurobehavioral negative outcomes. But we really don't know which are the biological mechanisms related to these kind of outcomes. So in the paper that we published recently in Pediatric Research, we focused on a specific aspect, which is the neurobehavior profile of one-month-old full-term infants, because we felt that we need to have a sort of normative data to compare the preterm profile of neurobehavior in order to to give sense of the alterations that we see in preterm infants. And there is a standardized method, isn't there, for assessing infants' neurobehavior called ENDS. That's three N's and an S. Tell us about that. It has been basically developed by Barry Lester and Edward Tronick to assess the neurobehavior profile of newborns. It has made by very different items, which include neurological and a behavioral assessment of the infant's profile, so that it has meant as a sort of integrated and comprehensive or quantified neurobehavioral assessment. And is that profile currently used as a biomarker for early detection of developmental problems? Yes, this is a very useful uh, scale to detect early problems in neurobehavior in newborns and infants. There is a paper which has been published before reporting the normative data for the ENS examination in healthy newborns, which is useful if you compare newborns which are at risk for neurobehavioral negative outcomes, but there was no available data on the one-month normative uh, profile. So the focus of this paper was to provide a one-month normative profile in order to compare the ENS performance of at-risk infants with a sort of reference values for these scales. And your paper was a, a longitudinal study. We had the same infants measured at birth and at one month. Yeah, the longitudinal nature of the study allowed us not only to provide the one-month normative data for the ENS examination, but also to observe and to describe the changes in neurobehavioral scales in a normal and healthy population of infants from birth to one month. You, you not only conducted the ENS measurements, but you also recorded the infant's perinatal and the parent's socio-demographic variables as well to see if there were any correlations. Exactly. The ENS examination includes some dimensions which are much more maturational and neurological and other dimensions which are much more behavioral, so much more potentially affected by environmental factors. So we also obtain some variables uh, variables related to the social demographic uh, factors and the neonatal characteristics of the infants. So let's hear the results then. What, what did the data tell you about the changes in end scores um, between birth and one month? Some of the end summary scores didn't change from birth to one month. And they are, for example, arousal and non-optimal reflexes and hypertonicity, excitability. These are obviously the scales, the summary scores of the ENS examination, which have a strong neurological and maturational related domain. So it is something that we could expect. 
but there are some other summary scores which show a change from birth to one month, for example, orienting, regulation, which are much more related to the behavioral profile of the infant. So it is possible to hypothesize that there are some of the neurobehavioral domains and scales which are much more uh, susceptible to very early in life changes, probably not only based on maturation, but also based on the environmental exposure of the infant. So we can, uh, for example, based on these findings, we can uh, image future studies which can study how the quality, for example, of parenting during the first month of life can affect the rate of change in specific domains of the ENS examination. Now, you recorded the perinatal and, and socio-demographic variables, as well as taking the ENS measurements. Were there any interesting correlations there? We show that even in a healthy, full-term population of infants, there are some aspects of the infants which are related to the maturational shift in the ENS performance. For example, higher birth weight at birth was predictive of a greater reduction in hypotonicity from birth to one month in our sample. This is important because uh, we show that very similar to what happens in preterm infants, it seems to be a sort of association between the variability in birth weight and specific case of the ENS, which suggests that there are physiological changes which are affected by the infant's characteristics, even in um, healthy uh, full-term infants. Now that we have these normative scores for, for one-month-olds, um, how might they be useful for at-risk patients? Having the one-month normative data for the ENS examination is going to be helpful both for the healthcare professionals, which can have a sort of a normative comparison for the clinical population, even at one month. It, it is not always feasible to have an ENS examination at birth. Also, having information about how the neurobehavioral profile changes in a longitudinal fashion from birth to one month is going also to be informative, for example, for parents who can better understand how their infants are growing and changing their neurobehavioral profile according to a normal uh, developmental trajectory. How might this data now feed into the, the broader aims of the preterm behavioral epigenetics project? If we took together our findings and the findings from previous studies on behavioral epigenetics, we can hypothesize that there are some kind of infant populations which may be exposed to stressful conditions, both prenatally and very early during development. For example, in the case of preterm infants, they may be exposed to pain and stress, physical stress during the NICU stay. And we can hypothesize that these kind of exposures during the NICU stay they can have epigenetic effects which further affect the neurobehavioral profile. In our previous research, we demonstrated that pain exposure associates with the altered DNA methylation in preterm infants from birth to discharge, and these altered epigenetic stages further predicted socio-emotional regulation. So having normative data on the ENS examination at one month is going to be supportive for future studies assessing the effects of epigenetic alterations which are related to early stress exposures on the neurobehavioral profile of infants which have risk conditions, for example, in preterm infants. That was Livio Provenzi from the Scientific Institute IRCCS Eugenio Media in Italy. 
And that's all we have time for. Join us again in a month for the next edition of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.